Welcome to another episode of the Carolyn Glick Middle East News Hour, and I'm joined today by my regular co-host, Gadi, by my regular co-host Gadi Taub, who's back this week because we have really big news uh, that we're covering here in Israel, and we want to make sure that we give you guys the lowdown on what's happening. So, first of all, hey Gadi, how you doing? I'm I'm good. It's a very exciting day. I've been on Twitter almost constantly. I know. I had to write an article for Newsweek about the amnesty report, and it was very difficult for me as a practical matter to care because- Concentrate. Right, because, <laughs> I mean, I do care deeply, but this is so spellbinding. So what am I talking about? What is it that we're discussing? So um, over the past couple of weeks, we've had these stories coming out of a newspaper called the Kalkalis, which is an economic newspaper here that have been supplemented by additional uh, stories from the uh, from the television news and other newspapers that showed that the Israeli police um, use this um, spyware that was developed for counter-terrorist operations against Israeli citizens, uh, and likely thousands of Israeli citizens have been sort of net, you know, uh, caught in this net. But one of the most prominent Israeli citizens that it was used against was Prime Minister Netanyahu while he was Prime Minister throughout the period that he wasn't being investigated. And Netanyahu doesn't have a cell phone, or he didn't until he left office. So they eavesdropped on his children's cell phones and on his closest advisor's cell phones. And this is a, a NSO Pegasus spyware, uh, again, that was developed for the fight against Israel's enemies. Um, and Let's give it, give our, our viewers and listeners an idea yeah. of, of what this these, these cyber tools are. This is military grade spyware right. that that does many illegal things among them it can download your whole cell phone it can take without you knowing it can take control of your cell phone it can uh, switch on your camera and your microphone unbeknownst to you and there is no uh, legal pretext for which any authority could it deploy this against an Israeli citizen. The only, uh, the only caveat to this, uh, to this uh, rule is if it's necessary to stop an impending serious crime. What they did is there, there was no crime. The, these people have committed no crime. They were spying on people without any shadow of permission. And, and now the, the press is full of, of questions. Sh sh shall we go Nixon on this? Who knew this and when did they know this? Uh, and the attorney general's office uh, and the, the legal... The, the, the attorney general's the office counsel. and the state prosecution's office are all claiming that they didn't know anything about it. But Gadi, I, this is really why I wanted to talk to you specifically today, because for your Hebrew uh, language podcast this week, you spoke to a former senior uh, police investigator named Avi Weiss, who was... Um, who was involved in a lot of the intelligence operations of the police and has intimate knowledge of the cyber capabilities and the singing capabilities, the signals intelligence capabilities that the police has and that it uses. And I think in that investigation, even though it came out before this morning's latest uh, story, which uh, was really about you know the breadth and the depth of the spying on Israeli citizens who were not even suspected of any crime, uh, uh, Police Commander Weiss explained to you um, how this all works, and 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 we don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but just talk for a second about what we learned from him about uh, the role of 
the hires up in the police force, and also the relationship with the state prosecution, specifically as it relates to the investigations of Netanyahu? Yeah, because the context of all this and what people have been saying, at least on our side, is, is that this explains the whole coup. The, the police in Israel went so far in their obsession of targeting Netanyahu that without criminal pretext, they began an unbelievable fishing expedition, which was intrusive in the way we only do in counterterrorism mm -hmm. uh, in order to find a crime which would then serve as the pretext for his trial. They, and it's amazing that they, they didn't find anything. And when I talked to, to uh, Avi Weiss about this in my podcast, the, the, the whole trend of the in, in Twitter, and here in Israel, you have to understand that we have the same phenomenon that you have in the United States. It's the, the, the uh, enmeshing through leaks of journalists and prosecutors who belong to the same social strata, have the same orientation, and exactly in the way they try to target Trump and the, and the newspapers cooperated, so it was also in Israel. So after this story broke out, there was a whole lull when the, the, the prosecutor's office, the attorney general's office, and it's it's minions in the press try to say oh it's a marginal thing it's some it's some uh, uh, some policemen went beyond what was permitted and oh they should pay for it of course and and they created the the the, the uh, air as if this was some mistake yeah and it's and not only why... that i mean there was another aspect to it that it's worth pointing out i mean um there they were saying that the signals intelligence uh, unit had nothing to do with the investigations branch of the of the of the police, and therefore the information that this that the signals intelligence unit was 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 getting was amassing against people who were under investigation or were or were targets of an investigation. Um, uh, they weren't in communication with each one another, and therefore the initial attempt to whitewash this entire thing was to say, well. These are two totally separate units in the in the police. They got nothing to do with one another, and you know the one hand doesn't know what the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, and 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 so everything's fine, nothing to see here. Look, look, a bird, bird. You know, so I mean, yeah, that, that's basically what that that was the first stage, and then that. But but they, but it, that was there's a funny there's a funny little loop here because when they when they sense the heat the attorney general and their representatives in the press who pretend to be reporters, <laughs> they said, well, nothing of this was used in the Netanyahu uh, uh, investigations because, because the, no criminal information was found through this, this illegal thing that we will punish for and all, and all that. But then it's not important because they found nothing serious. Right. And, then, and then people on the press said, wait a minute, they used all these intrusive mechanisms and they still found nothing so they have nothing so that that was like a, a funny loop in the story but but the the main thing is they try to push it away on some rogue cops somewhere in some cellar you know it's you you imagine like the the um uh, uh asmuya no i forget the name of this tv series uh the, you're, you're now hmm. making you're now exposing my ignorance of television uh, no, but it's the undercover the, it's it's these uh yeah no but but uh, never mind i'll remember it i'm blanking on it I'll remember it after it's over and then maybe we'll put it in as a little comment on the youtube but yeah 
anyway, you imagine people with headphones sitting in a van and listen, and, and that's not it. It's like other that's people's lives, and, you know, in, in the yeah, German Stasi. But it's worse because right. how did it start? Why did I contact Avi Weiss to interview him? Because Avi Weiss he has loads of information which he puts on Twitter and suddenly he put this picture and he said, you know, this building houses the SIGINT cyber unit that nobody talks about and there are 500 people there working on SIGINT and cyber. And I thought, what? This, so this can't be some, some glitch or some mistake. So I contacted Avi and I, and I spoke to him. And he laid out the whole thing. And apparently he now has sources in the police. And he, he laid out the whole thing. And the first thing to know is that the people who run this unit have been, they're not police officers originally. They have now high ranking police um, stars, but they are not originally from the police. They are from the military intelligence. So the police brought in people from the military intelligence to spy on a sitting prime minister in order to target him, that's beyond crazy. So the, and these people, they're trying to say, like you said that, well, there's no connection between this unit and the rest. And it's true in a sense, because this unit does not choose its targets. It knows nothing about investigations. It is not where investigations are initiated in the police and it, is, it does not decide who to target. It gets, requests to target uh, people, and usually it gets it from investigative units. Now, this goes for uh, uh, eavesdropping on telephone conversations, which is a separate clause in the law. But in order to, 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 to download your whole uh, oh. uh, cell phone, you, there is no uh, regulation for it. So nobody, can give you the order to do this unless they are your superiors in command. So this, and since the, the, the officers that command this cyber unit are very high ranking, there are only two possibilities of who can give them the orders. And this is the head of investigations, which is a very high ranking it's policeman. The police, I, I, and I'm the, terrible at police, uh, at police rankings, but it's the equivalent of a major general. It's Nitzav. Right. It's, the, is, it's a military. It's aloof. It's, it's aloof. Exactly. It's yeah. a military equivalent of a of a major general, and the top person in the in the army and in the and and, and his and his colleague in the and his counterpart in the police is a lieutenant general. So I think they're called inspector generals, and th that's the it, top of the police chain, and on, underneath that is is you know whatever it's called. So the, it's like the only people who can give the order is basically what you have is you have these two separate units, right? You have the investigations branch, and then you have the singing branch. And the singing branch, I think, is led by somebody who's the, who's the police equivalent of a brigadier general. And then, and then he can be ordered by the head of the investigations branch, who is a major general, or by the superintendent of police, who's the lieutenant general. So, those, so that all of the orders for targeting, that's what you were getting at, right? All of the orders for targeting all of the people who were targeted, all of the people whose cell phones were taken over by, by this counterintelligence tool, um, you know, that's supposed to be used for, you know, the, the, the top, uh, the top com terror commanders and the Palestinian terror commanders, Hezbollah commanders, Iranian revolutionary guards commanders, it's being used against the prime minister's children and his wife, apparently, because one of the boys 
uh, 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 Avner's cell phone was actually used by Sarah Netanyahu. So it's to go after the, the, the first lady of Israel and her children. It's to go after uh, the, the, the directors general of, of different ministries in the government. It's to go after uh, journalists. It's to go after editors of newspapers and websites. It's to go after you know, any number of people who were not under, were not suspected of or under investigation for any serious crime. So none of this was in any way justified as sort of the, the criminal, uh, in, you know, equivalent of a ticking time bomb in a terror case. Yeah. And, and so now the question was, where did this come from? And, and according to uh, Avi's sources, this all came from the attorney general and the, uh, the state attorney, uh, the two highest ranking officials. Now in, in, in Israel, th these are the people who, who are probably the, the, the most powerful individuals in the state of Israel. They hold the fate of, of, of prime ministers in, in their hands. And, and immediately when this broke out, the, the attorney general um, insisted on an internal investigation, not by the internal investigations unit, but by the person in his office responsible for monitoring these people. So he made sure that this, this will not get out, or this is what he tried to do. But then it exploded in the newspaper. Now, Caroline, it's your turn to explain what newspaper that is and why we think it may have exploded there. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, let me get to that in just one second, but let me just underline what Gadi just yep. said. Abichai Mandelblit, who left his position, I think, last week after six years, um, he before he left, it had already blown up. The first sort of the first wave of these reports of these exposures had 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 been made a couple of days before he left office, and he and he appointed his deputy uh, or associate uh, attorney general who works directly under him. A uh, woman named uh, Adi Meiri, I think, uh, to be uh, Amit Marari. Uh, Amit Marari. Anyway, sorry, got it wrong. Yeah, it's and, a strange name. Anyway, yeah. so she uh, she was appointed to oversee this check, this investigation of what what happened with the second unit of the of the police. But the problem is that she's she was involved in all of these operations because she was appointed by Mandelblit to be the point person for all of the signals intelligence gathering uh, uh, being conducted by the police. So she probably, her hand was in all of this already. And that leads us to the second thing that I think is really important before we get into where this was published, which is what, it, what the, what the law, lawyers are saying is, we didn't have anything to do with this. And what, and, but Avi Weiss told you something else about it, right? I mean, he, he, he said, that's not true. He said that the lawyers, at, in the attorney general's office, in the state prosecutor's office, the very same people, the prosecutors who are prosecuting Netanyahu right now, as we speak in a court of law for on, on very weak corruption charges, um, that they that they had to have known and 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 essentially been in the room while a lot of this was going on. Can you go into you know? Can you can you explain? Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but that was no what, no. You're not getting it wrong. The thing is that according to Avi, their their, their method of working. Their um, modus operandi, as you call it, is there. There have been not just daily meetings about this, but the actual questioning of witnesses and suspects was conducted in the presence of 
the uh, representative of the attorney general's office and that the questions that the police investiga investigators asked were based some of them at least on material collected and it can't be that and, and sometimes the investigator would get out to the room of the room to consult the lawyer from the attorney general who would tell them what to ask so they worked so closely that there is just no way on earth that it, that in as much as this material was used in the investigations of the main witnesses in Netanyahu's case, they they could not have not known. But the whole thing is, look, the whole thing is they build a case. What do they mean? It, this is supposed, this is a prime minister. It's supposed to be Praklit Melave, someone from the attorney general office to supervise every step they make. And every time they commit a crime, like in the case of uh, torturing, basically, Nir Hefetz or threatening to, to uh, explode his family using, using information probably taken illegally from his cell phone or from the, the, the whole operation of physically following him. All this information was used in the investigation. So how come the attorney who's supposed to present the case in court doesn't know that uh, there think, is information I think the there? key thing that you mentioned, I think the key thing that you mentioned was that, the, I mean, because on, on a certain level, you can say, well, they were involved in the investigation. And what we're talking about is an information gathering. And that was something that the police were doing without the attorneys. But here's the thing. The attorneys knew where it came from, because the minute that they were using this information that was taken illegally from the cell phones of innocent people, right, in, by using counter-terrorists, as you said, military intelligence uh, 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 programs to, to, to penetrate their cell phones and take them over and, take, and seize all of their data uh, on an ongoing basis, not just, okay, we're going to go you know, I don't know, it's it's uh, February 7th through 2022. Let's go into Glick's cell phone and see everything that she has today. But then I could do something tomorrow and it wouldn't be there. No, 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 they've taken over my cell phone. So they can go all the way back and, you know, see all of my pictures that are on my Google Drive from, you know, whenever, like 2005 or whenever. And, and then going forward un until forever, until I die. And that's- you, you, They can get into things like, you know, uh, for instance, some messenger programs are encrypted. I no longer trust uh, WhatsApp since it was overtaken by, by Mark Zuckerberg. But there is like the, the, the Russian signals of Telegram. Telegram or signal. And, signal. and these people, it, this is supposedly, this is encrypted and it's impossible to, to, to intercept that between uh, uh, cell phones is it would take then machines that need to work for, for days and days to, to decrypt it. But they can reach your interface. They don't need to encrypt anything. Can they can reach it. anything you see on your phone, they can see. So everything, you're, ex you're completely naked. Everything, they can also turn that, that, that uh, microphone of your phone when you're in a meeting or when you're in a bedroom or when you're in a shower. They can, they can spy on you like you would imagine that Shmonim time, our just... cyber unit, would do on terrorists. Well, they're just sitting basically on your shoulder, watching everything that you watch, hearing yeah. everything that you hear all the time. And, you know, so, so that, so, so that you... and, and then just, just to, just a, a footnote to this. And now there is artificial intelligence. So it's not, it's not even that someone has to sit with headphones and listen to all your talks. You can, you have now programs that can identify a word you're looking for, and you can just 
put uh, put this in this this uh, in artificial intelligence supercomputer and it, it 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 should find every time you say bb they by the way one of the main suspects they never found him say bb <laughs> they, they they went over everything and never found the words bb but the, these capabilities are enormous now and israel is at the forefront of of developing them and they this is what they're using them for right and 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 just but I, I just want to square this circle for a second and then talk about what they're not using them from just so that our audience can understand just how devastating this has been uh, on so many different levels. So the investigators are sitting with the prosecutors in 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 these meeting rooms outside of the investigations, right? And the prosecutors, based on this illegally purloined information that they seized from innocent citizens of Israel's cell phones cell phones, um, they're telling them what to ask. And so the idea that's now being put forward by the attorney general's office, by the state prosecution in their own defense, that they had nothing to do with this, that this was all just a bunch of rogue, uh, you know, over the top police officers, it just doesn't, it doesn't hold up. It, it doesn't, it doesn't hold water. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and here, I just want to open uh, parenthetically as well. Um, in, 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 you know, Israel has a huge problem uh, with the Arab-Israeli uh, community in Israel along two lines. One is that there's a massive quantity, military level quantities of arms that people are holding illegally. A lot of them have been stolen from Israeli military bases. Some of them, we get uh, you know dribs and drabs of information about it in the in the media from time to time that uh, Hezbollah is operating Israeli Arab cells and transferring weapons to them, and also just illegally sold and smuggled from the Sinai Peninsula, from Jordan, Bedouin uh, uh, families or whatever. So we have enormous amounts of you know including missiles. Uh, being held by Israeli Arabs. And, you know, it's a major national security threat and it has to be taken. And we also have a problem that we saw vividly in May, and we saw it again last last uh, month, along with the, the Israeli, the Hebrew, the Jewish uh, Arbor Day celebrations um, with uh, what's called nationalistic violence, which is uh, irredentist violence of Arab Israelis who reject Israel's national identity as a Jewish state. And they want to uh, conduct civil uh, violence uh, to undermine the state, to to undermine Israeli sovereignty in various parts of Israel, in the Galilee, and most most uh, acutely today in the Negev. So we have these two twin problems of of nationalistic or Islamist uh, jihadist violence, and combined with enormous quantities of weapons, and and it is a major, a massive national security threat. So. Everybody's been talking a good game since May about really trying to get serious about it. This, you know, the blowhards that are running the government now, Naftali Bennett and, and Yair Lapid and all of the rest of them say, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to handle it. They, they use a they use a euphemism. They call it uh, a crime in the Arab sector as if this is all about, you know, uh, Arab parents uh, criminal activity yeah. yeah just you know criminal activity and you know killing women because they've dishonored the family or whatever but not not anything really that rises to the level of a national security threat because they have uh jihadists in their own coalition so they you know it's not not polite to talk about it um but at any rate in november they had this big raid 
Uh, it was a big operation. They brought in all of the operational units of the tactical units, the SWAT teams of the Israeli military into uh, the Negev desert in the south uh, to seize uh, illegal weapons. And all of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of policemen coming in, some of them were actually um, repelling down this ladder from, from, from helicopters into a Bedouin town and everybody's looking up and saying, what in the hell is going on? Uh, all of this Hollywood movie type policing landed Israel with two homemade rifles. That's it. That's all they got. And so why is it that they completely failed in their primary duty of protecting the country from this irredentist national security threat that's also transformed the Negev deserts and parts of the Galilee into just protection rackets where the rule of the jungle is the rule of the land and everybody from shopkeepers to ranchers has to pay protection to Bedouin crime gangs unless they want to see their fields destroyed, their livestock killed, and, and their, and their, and their uh, homes and, and stores torched. Okay, so that's what's going on. And the police don't do anything about that because they're too busy using all of the tools that might be helpful in going after this threat uh, against the prime minister and his family and his friends and his colleagues and his advisors and against other Israelis who, you know, are not politically a uh, bunch of bunch of mayors who were wrongly uh, suspected of, uh, of uh, corruption and all of the charges against all of them were dropped because they were not guilty. Same thing with a supermarket magnet. I mean, they just they just uh, completely, you know, they, they went crazy. So. That, that's but, just, the, you know, but the thing is, Caroline, that, that these that are the priorities this, of the ruling class. What what this did in the public um, perception of all this, and which is now what some of these culprits are trying to to do damage control for, is that people saw that the argument that people like you and I have been making that this is a coup. Um, was greatly strengthened because it created the impression that these people would stop at nothing and would investigate without any pretext. So the monomanical search for Netanyahu's head suddenly became naked in the public sphere. And this is why I think the, the, the reverberations of all this are so strong. So people who are news-minded all over the country couldn't take their eyes off Twitter like the whole day. Because every because you could you could actually see the spins and you could, you started trying to guess who's grinding what axe. At which point, I think you will not be able to evade the question: In what newspaper this suddenly broke? Right. Out. Okay. 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 I'll get it to it. So um, one of the one of the ridiculous corruption charges that Netanyahu is uh, being being held on trial for is that he uh, is is our discussions that he had with the publisher of Yidiot Achronot and incidentally Kalkalis, the economic newspaper that broke this whole story. His name is Noni Moses. And Noni Moses is Netanyahu's arch enemy. I mean, he Netanyahu was supposedly trying to make a deal with him uh, in these uh, purloined conversations. And now we have to wonder where the why the why the police even knew about them, right? Um, where the two of them were discussing the possibility of 
of uh, of Netanyahu talking to Sheldon Adelson, the, um, who who the late Sheldon Adelson now, but who was the owner and publisher of Israel Hayom, the paper that I work for, uh, and asking him to curtail his circulation in an exchange. Uh, Noni Moses would give uh, Netanyahu more positive coverage. So I don't remember what Netanyahu is accused of in this case. I think it's breach of trust or some concocted yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, but Noni Moses is is uh, is um, is uh, has been indicted for offering a bribe. So Noni Moses, despite the fact that he wants Netanyahu, you know, he'd be happy if he were run over by a by a steamroller or something like that and turned into a pancake. But he. He's the one who broke the story. And, uh, you know, what do you make of that, Mr. Taub, Dr. Taub, Professor Taub? Well, well, the, the hypothesis that, I, that I've been hearing is that, that uh, Moses, who doesn't want to go to jail, he's a very prominent businessman, very rich, used to a good life, very powerful. Um, I think the most important interest. thing about Moses is that he's incredibly powerful. I mean, more yeah. than anything else. It, it, yeah, and he owns other assets, including uh, um, parts of television stations. It's a, it's a really, yeah, the autist paper is a really big operation, has many newspapers too. So this is like a Rupert Murdoch kind of um, empire, and he doesn't want to go to jail. So he banked on a plea deal that, that for two weeks we were biting our nails because because there are rumors that Netanyahu has given up and is going to sign a plea deal which would demand that he go he leave the, the he leave politics and in return he'll get some some slap on the wrist and for a while it looked like he would do this and then he backed off this and 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 then the, if he would have taken the plea deal it would have canceled case 2000 in which Noni Moses is implicated is indicted for attempt of bribery. Right. So if this case is dropped, then Noni Moses is, is off the hook. Now, when that didn't come through, um, he looked for another way to get Netanyahu out of this so that he can get out of right. it. And so in Israel, there is a, it's, I don't know that, that it's been used in any important case, but there is the idea of Haganami Natsedek, protection from procedure, I guess would be, the, the way to say it, it's if a person has been harmed unjustly from the due process, which, or the some undue process that the police or the investigative authorities have been implementing and has already paid an unbearable price and unjustly, so he can, he can plead protection from justice. And this is, and, and in this case, it, it would seem like Netanyahu has a very good case because if the, in, in this investigation, which ended up with, the, you know, in Hebrew, we say the mountain ended up with a mouse. Well, it's a mountain, they, mountains turn into molehills. Mole they, they made a mountain okay. out of a molehill and this is a molehill, but it's not even a molehill. It's nothing. No, it's, 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 nothing. Almost, it's almost nothing. But think also of the United States because, because this is so, they, they, are, they, have been using the state's most state-of-the-art spying powers in order to, to, to create a fishing expedition, which will end up in which ended up in removing the, the prime minister. Now I, I just want to make sure that we don't miss this point because it's crucially important. The role of the whole investigation was, was not necessarily the trial. And I always say this: the key to understanding what happened here 
are the leaks. Because what happened essentially is that, and, and we talked about this, Carolyn, when we talked with Lee, is that the, the huge investigative powers of the state have been, in essence, the investigative um, branch of newspapers. They manufactured political dirt imagined or true in order to leak it to the press, in order to remove Netanyahu through office by hurting him in the ballot box. Right. And this is what happened. This is how he lost the election. And if you look back at the, at, at, at the dates, when did they leak? And when did they, for instance, publish the, uh, uh, the, the indictments? It was uh, at every turn. It was in a strategic point in time designed to hurt Netanyahu in the elections. There's no question. I don't think anybody, I don't think even on the left, people really doubt that these investigations played a pivotal role in bringing down Netanyahu. I don't think, I don't think there's anybody who questions that at all. The thing is that, you know, um, it, it, it's that this is the greatest perversion of justice it, by far, I mean, by far in Israeli history. We've never experienced anything like it. Now, for people like you and me, and for our viewers, I would assume, and, my, and our readers, this doesn't come as a surprise because, you know, I, I've been documenting this from the very beginning, and I think that you have as well, the way that- But we don't count. We are conspiracy right. theories. But I mean, the, so. but, but that, that's, it's really funny because that's what they're trying to say. Oh, Carolyn, well, you were opposed to the, you, you don't have any say in this because you were opposed to the charges against Netanyahu from the get-go. Yeah, so- this just proves that I was right. You know, this this is just more information. Not that I even needed it to prove the case that these were trumped up charges to that were completely politically motivated. But I think that one of the things that's really important to note here about the about the uh, plea deal that didn't go through, and and uh, you know, uh, and my husband and I were, were were talking about it over the, the the couple of weeks that this was going on. He said, you know, uh, everybody's saying, well, Netanyahu started the conversation. It was it all came from him. It all came from him. And and it's true. And you can you can interpret that in two ways. One may be that Netanyahu just figured, look, I've had it. I can't I can't stand this anymore and I don't want to go on and I want to see what kind of deal I can reach. And that's possible. And, and the other possibility is that what happened, which is at the minute that he said, what kind of deal are you willing to make? The people who were saying that. Uh, you know, the Mandelblitz and Chinese Sons, the Ben-Ari, the media. Um, the Attorney General's Office and the, the, the State, State Prosecution's Attorney. Office and the media, which, as you say, is was a full partner from the outset of this entire ordeal. Um, in fact, they instigated the, the investigations themselves, um, but the, the, the reporters in, in Haaretz did. Um, but so that it, it was a media-driven and then a partnership, it was a media-driven uh, investigation, and then it was a full partnership between the legal fraternity and the anti-Netanyahu media in Israel um, that pushed this forward the whole time. But but you see that um, they rushed to make a deal, right? They were saying all along, Netanyahu is the most corrupt politician we've ever seen. He's a danger. Mandelblit had himself taped, you know, at Haaretz, saying to a bunch of off-record, of course, to a bunch of 
uh, a bunch of reporters, I saved Israel. I saved the Jewish people from Netanyahu. God intervened the on, the beha- on our behalf, right? And I mean, this is what he said, and he wanted to be quoted saying this. And yet suddenly they rushed to make a deal where they were willing to 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 erase to delete the charges of bribery and and to and to and to uh, provided Netanyahu leave the scene exactly. which exposed them completely exactly which, which just said this is what you're aiming at exactly you don't really think I I had on my podcast a a, a very uh, prominent uh, former judge who was the deputy president of the Israeli, of the Jerusalem court. Of the J- Jerusalem and, and he, district court that Netanyahu is this, currently being, being, uh, being held on, you know, placed on trial. And he said clearly, he said, you know, the fact that they were willing to back off from the bribery charge means they didn't have a case. He said, there's no other way to interpret it. Because if you do have a case on a bribery charge against the prime minister, you don't, you don't give it up. So it was just a weapon. And when and, and, and they were willing to drop it if Netanyahu left the, 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 the political arena, which which is just the the end point of the of the the process of politicization of our judicial system. They run our politics and it finally came to a head because the, the question became whether who is the real head of state here no is it, this i don't mean to interrupt yeah. you but it's not just who is the real head of state here it's that this whole thing was never even supposed to see an inside of a courtroom that net i mean because as we saw the whole case has fallen apart they're on their 10th witness or 11th witness and every single witness they're all prosecution witnesses and you know a half minute on the stand and they all become defense witnesses because they have no case and the point was they were trying to intimidate Netanyahu out to leave office that they, he would cut a deal he was supposed to cut a deal in 2017 and then in 2018 and then in 2019 and 20 and he never cut a deal and that's why they kept having to go ahead more and more and more with these with these. it is one tough not to crack Netanyahu. It's, right, it's so he's really such amazing. a jerk, right? I mean, right, He would, he's our jerk, but he wouldn't quit. And so it almost makes you think that he was that devious, that he said, okay, let's give it a but, run. But what unlike, are you willing to it, give me? And that I, showed I'll, the whole I'll thing put my money on that. I'll put my money on that because, you know, a friend of mine who is a very astute political observer, observer who is not an Israeli, but he's really smart. And he said, I've been I mean, watching he's smart, this from even afar. though he's not an Israeli. How is that? Possible? Yeah, there, there's a there, there's a few of these the people. Three, you got to be careful. Yeah, right. You got to be careful because you might run into. Them. <laughs> so so uh, so this. So he said, I've, I've been watching this from afar. And let me tell you, he said there would be no plea deal. No way a person like Netanyahu sees himself as a historical figure will leave the 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 office in disgrace. No way. And and disgrace is actually the term that the attorney general's office demanded because though it's not a, a, a legal clause, it's it doesn't appear in our, our legal code. There's no such thing as it's turpitude. A, there's no such crime. No, they call as it disgrace. Moral turpitude. turpitude. They say you have to agree that you acted in a in a manner that is stained with moral turpitude and if you did because because what what these terms mean is that there's a law in Israel that if you leave office under these conditions under moral turpitude i didn't know the term till now then you can't go back to serving as a and you can't become an elected 
uh, representative again for seven years. So this is what they're demanding. They calculated Netanyahu is 72 years old. Okay, we'll push him out of the arena for seven years. He'll be almost 80. It will be hopeless. That, that was the, that was the, and they exposed themselves in so many ways. So now in order to not see this as a coup, you need to deny so many things that it's becoming, it's, it's nearing a breaking point, which is, which is why I've been telling my friends for a while now, everybody you know is, is depressed because, oh, look at this, the conspiracy is so wide. They, they, they hold every nook and cranny of, 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 of the power structure of the state in Israel. And there's no way to, no, no Archimedean uh, uh, point from which, to, from which to exercise some power on them. But, but that's, not, that's not the way to see it because the, the, even even the most cynical players eventually need to run into the fact that you need you need uh, the public to have confidence in you and if public confidence wanes then at some point something will give and these some things can be many and partly what happened and this i know from avi weiss is that we are now we have sophisticated analysis of why noni moses and his newspaper are now putting this forward and so forth but he said you know he said i told him all this and he said you know from my point of view he said there's just more leaks now more people are willing to talk to me because more people are fed up, more people feel it's unjust, more people do things that they no longer believe in. And, and, and once this starts to leak, it can collapse all of a sudden, it could take a long time too. You know, the Soviet Union, why would someone like Stalin who holds power over everything invest so much in creating the illusion of public confidence? And in, 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 in not just illusion, but in, in investing so much in making people believe in him. I, I joked today on Twitter that the whole, the whole way the attorney general is acting is like if Stalin would have known. He never knew, you know, he never knew of these horrible things going. So even if you're a dictator, you need to cultivate public confidence. And once this is gone and all this seems completely cynical, and, there, and, and everything is contaminated now. Everything, including the election of this weird Frankenstein coalition. They have been elected into office. By virtue of coup. this coup. By virtue of yeah. this coup. Yeah. They owe their power entirely to the coup. But that so, is- So who's but, gonna believe them? But now? no, but now this is where this is where I wanna land us because I know we don't have a lot more time to talk and, and, and I do wanna talk about this. Um, I, I find the discussion right now, what everybody is saying in the government is we're going to, we're going to have a governmental inquiry. We're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a public inquiry into what happened, a governmental uh, uh, inquiry and, you know, rest assured. Now I got, I hate inquiries. I hate committees of inquiry or commissions of inquiry or whatever you want to call them because, and, and, and I'll just give a, a brief explanation. In 2006, we were run by a very similar government in terms of its mass incompetence. And we found ourselves in a war with Hezbollah in the North and with Hamas in the South that became known, I think wrongly, as the Second Lebanon War it was the first Israel-Iran War. And we fought really, really badly, not because our soldiers were bad, our soldiers were excellent, but because 
uh, the prime minister was an incompetent doofus and the and the defense minister didn't know how to open a pair of binoculars and the chief of staff was a pilot who had never seen war from you know less than 30,000 feet so none of them knew how to fight a war and they all did it incredibly incompetently and there was incredible rage on the part of the public during the war and then after the war due to their incompetence and there was this groundswell of public demand in, um, for elections, for elections. And you had you know, the Alexandroni Brigade, uh, which are, is a reserve paratrooper brigade, that when they got decommissioned, the soldiers started marching to Jerusalem to demand the resignation of the government. And they got, they got waylaid by the left. The left figured out a great way to save their government because they knew that the right would come to power in 2006 if they didn't save their government. By the way, it was the same person behind it as was behind this thing with Bibi Netanyahu, which is a person you know well named Raviv Drucker. So what he did was he 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 claimed that the that the soldiers that just got off the battlefield didn't even go home and started marching to Jerusalem that they were actually right wing agitator agitators and and relatives of people who had been expelled the previous year from from Gaza and that they and that they and that they were trying to and that they were and that this was a right wing thing it wasn't a public outcry Ooh, isn't that a January 6 maneuver right yeah. and so he 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 said that they were they were illegitimate and then he and Eliezer Shraga from the committee for whatever the quality government or whatever it's called who's now like the high yeah, priest, transparency in government who's a, who's yeah. the who's the high priest of all of the uh, legal fraternity our, our legal cult um, so they got together and and put out a demand of their own for a commission of inquiry that should be led by a retired judge. So they got the, the retired Supreme Court Justice Vinograd to be in charge of this commission of inquiry that would look into everything, except they made it a joke because they said they had to start from the 1st of June 2000, and 2000, meaning the day after Israel unilaterally withdrew from Lebanon. And the reason why we had the war in 2006 was because of what happened May 31st, 2000, which was that we gave South Lebanon to Hezbollah as a gift, okay? But anyway, that's the point here is that they deflected. They got the public to shut up and to not demand what we really needed at the time, which was a new government led by competent people by giving us this this shiny toy called the Commission of Inquiry, led by a retired judge. And what was and your point? And your point on Twitter all day was that we don't need a commission. We need we need elections, elections because because what we're getting now is that all of these people in the in the in the governing coalition and in the government itself are saying we need a commission of inquiry led by a retired judge. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get to the bottom of it, and it'll all be great. And this is not a way to clean out the, the stables. This is not a way to get rid of the filth that has taken over our, our criminal uh, law enforcement agencies in Israel and our, and our state prosecutions. The way to get rid of them is to, is to elect a government that wants to get rid of them, not to keep in power a government that owes its existence to those crooks. So that's the thing that I'm most afraid of right now. And we'll have to see what happens with Netanyahu's trial, because if, if he gets a mistrial or if he or if they cancel the trial or whatever, then, you know, then then that's also opening up uh, the possibility of elections. But I think that the only way that we have any chance of getting uh, getting our democracy back is is to get rid of these usurpers through elections. Um so can I say that today we're ending on a little more optimistic tone we than are. usual? Because 
because two weeks ago this was un unimaginable and now there is at least you know, and you know and i and i i follow this i don't want to make too much of this but many on the left were suddenly fed up many many on the left felt they had to at least pay lip service to this to, to the need to clean the stables, but many- But I, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of the lip service. I'm afraid of the lip service. Oh yes, this is terrible. It can't stand. Let's get a judge. Let's get a judge to sit on- Oh, oh yeah, the, they, they'll try that. And I'm not optimistic. I'm not that optimistic in, in, in the short run, but, in the lo but what What's we see the in the long run is the gradual waning of confidence in these people. And they are wrong to assume like our arrogant, a, a, a state attorney, Shiny Tsan, that they can do without confidence because they just can't take phones. At one point or another or another or other, something will give. So let's end on a happy note. I mean, this you're time. Right. What I, do you say? I think you're right. Look, I mean, we something happened in Israel, right? Something happened. Yeah. And what happened is that people are uh, the, the, the truth came out. The truth came out about these investigations. And now we're just going to have to see how the chips fall and and do our best as citizens and as uh and as people who write and, and are involved and engaged in public affairs to try to make sure that that the chips fall in the right places it's it's also nice to be vindicated because it's after true. years that they're telling you that you have a conspiracy right. theory suddenly everyone sees there was actually a conspiracy it wasn't a theory it's not a theory yeah it's it was a, sometimes there are conspiracies so hopefully some some good will come uh, out of this or as ram emmanuel says uh, never let a crisis go to waste crisis go to waste <laughs> all right all right well, it was a pleasure Karen. all right thank you gadi and again guys Thank you all for listening in today and uh, being part of uh, our, our show. And we hope to see you back next week, obviously, for another fun and exciting show. I think next week we'll probably be talking about something more, less earth shattering, like, for instance, a nuclear deal with Iran that gives them the bomb oh, or something, you know, just, you know, on a lesser issue. Run of the mill. Right, you know, just, just <laughs> standard kind of crap. And and we'll be back into our normal, normal grumpy people. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this is this is the beginning. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We're still in the tunnel, but uh, maybe we're beginning to see a couple of glimmers of light. God willing that you have to pray. And of course, you have to subscribe and watch and follow us and 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 tell everybody know about us and make them all watch too, and make them watch this episode so that they both understand how terrible things have been and that we finally have some hope of, of, of crawling our way out of this thing and, and rebuilding our democracy. All right, so thank Amen, you. Amen, sister. All right, take care, brother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.